Our reading is taken from Acts 4, verses 1 to 22. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of the men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are called, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him, you be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Do you ever feel ordinary? Just sort of box standard ordinary. It's kind of easy to feel that way some days, especially in the city, you know, you're just sort of going about life and you sort of look around and there's just lots of other people around you and you sort of just take a deep breath and wonder in the midst of all of that, you just feel sort of, well, not particularly special. Abraham Lincoln, the uh, American president, said this about being ordinary. 
He said, God must love ordinary people. He made so many of them. So welcome to the club if you feel ordinary. <laughs> or maybe you'd say, no, I don't know that I so much feel ordinary very often. Maybe, maybe uh, you feel a bit extraordinary. Maybe you feel sort of there's something that makes you a little special. Maybe the family you grew up in or your education or maybe a gift or an ability that you have or something that just um, allows you to sort of walk with a bit of, I feel a little special. I'll let you think about that for a minute and we're going to come back <laughs> where you might be on that continuum of, of where you feel. Maybe that, well, maybe sometimes that you may feel one way or the other because of your upbringing. It may be that you feel one way or the other because of the generation you grew up in. Some of us in the room grew up in a generation that um, probably the message we got was you're, all, you're pretty ordinary and just sort of get on with getting on. Others of us have grown up in a generation that maybe the message more was you're special and everything you do deserves a, a ribbon and a pin. There's lots of different reasons we may feel one or the other. Like I said, we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. We're uh, picking up today with the story, the same passage uh, where we're going through the book of Acts, and, and uh, Jean-Luc last week was preaching on uh, Acts chapter 3, and, and this is a continuation of that story. We haven't gone to a different story. We're continuing on. Peter and James uh, have been going up to the temple to pray, and as they've made their way up the temple, they've encountered uh, this man who was born lame. And he was being carried up the stairs so that he could go and take his place that he took every day to beg. And as he encounters, as they encounter um, each other on the steps, this man reaches out and says to Peter and to John, um, you know, could you give me something? Could you give a donation? And Peter and John reply that they don't have any money to give him, but what they do have, they'll give. And they pray and he all of a sudden begins to walk. Their opportunity to go and pray in the temple now becomes something quite different. And, and now it's not prayer, but they turn and they begin to preach. And they begin to speak to all the people now because now every, they have everyone's attention and they want to know what's going on. And so they begin to tell the message and, and to, to preach to the people that are there in the temple that day. And before long, it seems that they were causing quite a stir. And no doubt somebody maybe had gone back from there and went back to the priest and said, hey, you've got to see what's happening out here because these guys, they, they started, well, first of all, they healed this man. And you know the guy that is always there on the steps, you know, he's healed and he's walking around and, and now they're preaching and they're talking and everybody's really paying attention to them. You better get out here and do something. And so they go out and they begin to see all the commotion that's happened. And as they see what's happened, they realize this can't continue. This, they are losing a grasp on the situation here. And so they take Peter and John and it's getting toward the end of the day. And, uh, and so they say, you know what, let's just resolve this. You're going to spend the night in prison. Maybe there's a jail cell right there in the temple. I don't know. Anyway, they put them in, they put them in, the, they put them in prison overnight. So you know what, we'll come back and deal with this in the morning. And then in the morning, as we've just read, they're called before the Sanhedrin. 
the high court of the land. And it's there that we begin to see Peter and John give an explanation for what's transpired the day before. Here's the interesting thing is uh, the passage that we just read. As they begin to, uh, to explain, they begin to do it with a sense of confidence, a sense of boldness, a sense of courage about what they have experienced, and, and they begin to speak to the high court of the land, 70 leaders, including the high priest, 71 would probably have been there, 71 leaders, and they begin to save before the court. They begin to, to give defense for everything that has just happened the day before. And as they do that, this is what the Sanhedrin says. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, so what, they recognized the courage. They recognized the courage that they had. Other translations would say boldness that they had. Eugene Peterson Peterson says it this way, they couldn't take their eyes off them. Peter and John standing there so confident, so sure of themselves. So it says that they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Two unschooled, ordinary Galilean fishermen standing before the high court of the land with confidence And the judges sitting there take note. Wait a minute. These are just ordinary guys. It's just ordinary. I mean, they're not even from Jerusalem. They're not even from the right city. They're just, they're Galileans. How in the world? These two ordinary guys who just found themselves in the middle of this amazing thing that's happening. They've watched for 120 of them a few days before gathered in a room. Moved to later that day 3,000 people. And now again, a few days later, 5,000 people now. These ordinary men are in the middle of this wave of something remarkable happening. But they're just ordinary blokes. It's also interesting, though, in in the book of Acts because you have Peter and John who are just sort of ordinary fellows. But very soon we're going to be introduced to somebody else, a guy by the name of Saul, who later on we know is Paul, and he is anything but ordinary. He doesn't think of himself as ordinary at all. Listen to what Paul has to say about himself. If someone else thinks that they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. That's not your ordinary kind of person, is it? (laughs) You confident? Somebody confident? Wait a minute. I have more things to be confident than you. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, you've got to love this, flawless. 
I'm in charge. He doesn't say this here, but he goes on other places and tells us that he was trained by a guy by the name of Gamaliel. Gamaliel was, Gamaliel was the sort of rabbi among rabbis. He was like the dawn of all dawns at Oxford. Interestingly enough, Gamaliel would have been and was part of the Sanhedrin who Peter and John are standing in front of. But listen to what Paul says about all these things that he has, that made him special. He said, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Doesn't matter where we find ourselves on the spectrum of feeling ordinary or special. These men that we're reading about and that we're going through the book of Acts, they've found something else that has overcome whatever it is they feel about themselves. Whatever their own maturations and whatever it is their own internal processing about how they felt either ordinary or special or whatever it was, they found something that transcends that, that gives them confidence. Four things, just very quickly from the passage today that I think um, are reasons for confidence, that are part of the reason that Peter and John have this sort of confidence. First of all, it's the person, the person of Jesus Christ. Isn't it interesting that um, the one thing they said about Peter and John, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And then they took note that these men had been with Jesus the person of Jesus gave them confidence. They say this, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified but whom God raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed. It wasn't that long ago the disciples were still scratching their head asking Jesus questions like, are you really the one? Are you really the one? Because you know what, we were sort of expecting something a little different. And, and I mean, it's great if, I mean, you're great and if somebody else is coming, that would be really great too, but we need to, we're trying to figure this all out. That wasn't that long ago. But now they're saying, no. This Jesus who we've been with, he's the one. God raised him from the dead and this man stands before you healed today because of him. What's well, also the message. It's the person, they've spent time with Jesus and that spending time with Jesus has given them a sense of confidence and a, and a boldness. But then there's also the message. They say these, the salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Earlier in the book of Acts, we see right away after the day of Pentecost, the, they begin to, it says that the, the people gathered and they listened to the apostles' teaching and they broke bread together and they fellowshiped. They had a message, a very clear message 
based on the person of Jesus Christ, and it was him crucified and risen again from the dead. And boldly now, they're proclaiming that salvation is found in no one else. Their message is incredibly clear, incredibly focused. There's no doubt for them the message. Well, the next thing is the result. They've begun to see results. It's built their confidence. I mean, they've seen now Jesus, I mean, in the moment of confusion and all of that, they saw Jesus die and and they wondered what was going to happen. And then they encountered the risen Christ and they spent time with the risen Christ and then they watched him go and ascend into heaven. They now are seeing this power that Jesus had, that they had experienced when he was around, now they know that they have it as well. They're healing people and people are receiving the ability to walk that have been lame. They know that Jesus has made a difference. In fact, it was just literally weeks ago from when this happened, maybe two months at the maximum, that Jesus had stood before this very same court, the Sanhedrin, that Jesus had been stood there and was accused and didn't defend himself, but the apostles and the disciples, were they anywhere to be found? No, not even with Jesus present were they confident enough to go and stand in the Sanhedrin next to Jesus while he was being quizzed, while he was being interrogated, while he was being questioned. They were long gone off to the side hiding out. But now here we have, just eight weeks later, these men who have been scattered all over and been fearful and run away, now they, Peter and John, two of them, stand before 71 judges. The the highest authority in the Jewish world. They made the decision about what was theologically correct or incorrect, they made the decision about whether people lived or died, that was their role. And they stood before the 71 and they began to confront them boldly to their face, saying, you, you are the ones who killed Jesus. You are the ones. You're the ones that rejected the cornerstone. Something has happened to these guys. They have experienced some kind of dramatic change in understanding. They believe in the results that they have experienced. And they stand there with confidence and with boldness. It's no wonder that the Sanhedrin kind of turned and said, whoa, (laughs) wow, these guys have guts. Who talks to us that way? And on top of that, they're ordinary Galileans. Who do they think they are? Oh yeah, they've been with Jesus. Well, the fourth thing is, that has given them confidence is the power of the Spirit. They have experienced Pentecost. And we see that again here, that it says that as they stood there before the Sanhedrin, that they stood there filled with the Holy Spirit. 
the boldness, the confidence came because the Spirit of God was living and alive and at work in them, filling them, giving them the words to say. So what does it mean to be confident? Well, I think if we look at what the result of it is for Peter and John here, it's these words. Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? Again, that's a pretty bold move, isn't it? Before the 71 judges of the land. Well, and they go on and they say, Peter and John reply, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? And to the 71 judges of the land, they say, you be the judge. I love that. They thought they were the judges. They said, no, we'll leave it to you. You be the judge. Do we listen to God or do we listen to you? As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. I think the result of confidence or the tangible peace that when we've found confidence is that we know that we're gonna do the things that God calls us to do regardless of what the people around us say and think. That's when we know we've developed a sense of confidence. Not because we look around and observe what the world around us thinks and what other people think. Not even the highest court in the land in this case. But Peter and John say, we can't do anything else but what God's given us to do. Now go ahead, judge us. You have the authority here. That's confidence. That's the confidence that comes from being with Jesus, from knowing and the message that he came, the gospel, the good news of his death, burial, and resurrection. The confidence that comes from experiencing the reality of who he is in our lives and being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I don't know where you are today between feeling ordinary or extraordinary, but that's not really the point, is it? It is about finding our confidence in the one who's called us and then having the boldness to do the things that he's called us to do. Let others judge, but get on with getting on with what he's called us to. Amen.